the following program is furnished by The Truth About Your Future, LLC. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station. This information is education and not financial advice. Consult a financial advisor before investing. The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman is brought to you by Bitwise, the world's largest crypto index fund manager, and by Global X ETFs. For more than a decade, Global X ETFs has been dedicated to providing investors with unexplored and intelligent solutions, and by Invesco QQQ, a fund that allows you to access the innovators of the NASDAQ 100, and by Edelman Financial Engines. Rick Edelman is a board member, consultant, shareholder, and client of EFE, but EFE is unaffiliated and has no say over the content of The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman. This is where technology, innovation, and personal finance come together. This is The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman. And now your host, Rick Edelman. And a very happy weekend to you. I'm Rick Edelman. Today, we're going to talk about this week's market volatility, including the huge losses for Facebook and PayPal and others. Emails from listeners, blockchain and Bitcoin, your financial plan, a 51% attack, the latest in exponential technologies, plus Gene's word of the week. But we're going to start with the incredible market volatility that is persisting, spurred this week by Facebook. The stock plunged after a major profit decline. You know Facebook's new name, Meta Platforms. That's the name of the company now. It has shocked Wall Street this week. A huge decline in profits and a gloomy outlook for the year. Facebook's stock plunged more than 20% on the news. Meta, the owner of Facebook, says that we're all spending less time on Facebook. And as a result, the company is not earning as much money from ad revenue. The company's profit growth is now the slowest in its history. What a contrast from Google, which reported huge profits for the last quarter. Google's stock skyrocketed 7% on a single day alone when they made that announcement. So this just illustrates the tale of two cities. There is massive volatility going on, not only in the overall market, but from one stock to another. Look at Bitcoin, for example, down more than 50% from its highs. The best performing asset class of the past decade, the best performing asset class in history, down 50-60% in just the past few months. This volatility is astonishing. And you see, this is what a market correction is all about. Wall Street, you see, was expecting Meta to earn almost $11 billion in the last three months of last year. But it didn't earn $11 billion. It only earned $10.3 billion. Yeah, only. But the point is, it earned less than Wall Street was expecting. Now, investors had priced the stock based on that $11 billion. They didn't get it. So when the profits came in at 10.3, Wall Street realized they made a mistake and investors had to correct their mistake. And that's why it's called a market correction. They priced the stock in anticipation of profits. The profits didn't show up, so they had to bring the stock price down. So here's the question. Are we going to see a lot more market corrections this year? Well, that's what has everybody nervous. And that's why you need to lower your expectations. 2022 is not likely to produce the huge market gains that we've seen over the past three years. So what should you be thinking about all this market volatility? Well, instead of me telling you, I thought I would bring in four market experts. First, Paul, tell me what you think of today's volatility. 
Well, that's a little cavalier, Paul, don't you think? What's your viewpoint, John? Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. There's got to be someone who can give us an idea of what we need to do. George, what's your advice? It's going to take money. Whole lot of spending money. It's going to take plenty of money to do it right, child. It's going to take time. Whole lot of precious time. It's going to take patience and time. Yep, I think George has nailed it. We need money to invest and we need to recognize it's going to take a whole lot of time for us to get through this. And clearly, we need an advisor to help us. That takes us to our final guest expert. How can we reach you, sir? You know my name. That's right. Look up the number. Okay, maybe you need a little bit more uh, than just John, Paul, George, and Ringo. (laughs) I provided an urgent webinar this past week in response to the market volatility we've been experiencing so far this year. This urgent webinar was hugely popular. We had more than a thousand people registered and watched the event. If you missed it, I want to give you another opportunity. You can download and watch my webinar. Go to my website, thetruthayf.com, and you can view the webinar in case you missed it. It's free. Sign up and watch at thetruthayf.com. Let me change gears now for a moment. Not only do we have the market to be worried about, there's that ever-present medical issue. No, I'm not talking about Omicron and COVID. I'm talking about Alzheimer's. I'm very happy to tell you that I have just been invited to join the Davos Alzheimer's Collaborative. It's the largest global response of its kind, driving scientific discovery to eliminating this dreaded disease. And I'm really excited about that. I got an email from Mary this week, and Mary wrote, Rick, I am a gerontology major. I've been a longtime listener, and as you started mentioning your new adventure, I was getting more and more excited. I'm 65, and I've already retired from two companies. I work full-time for another, I take classes, and I volunteer. As Gene Kranz said in Apollo 13, failure's not an option. Mary, I completely agree with you, and Mary is saying it right, and this is the fundamental overall theme of this program, helping you understand that we need to plan for being alive for decades more than you may have anticipated, and that means your money has to last as long as you do, and that means you have to adopt financial strategies, investment strategies that you might never have even contemplated in the past, and that's what this program is all about. In fact, it's similar to an email that I got Jason wrote to me as well, and he sent me this email. He said, Rick, I am the second illegitimate child of my mother by a different father. I'm one of 15 siblings, three by my mother, 12 by my father. I grew up trailer park poor, sleeping on the living room floor. I have two forms of dyslexia. I'm borderline narcoleptic and hypersomniac. An elder at my church gave me your book, the truth about money back in 1997. The knowledge I've gained from your books has allowed me to transform my financial horizon. 
I'm now worth over $3 million while still being a charitable individual. I cannot thank you enough for the knowledge you've imparted. Well, Jason, thank you so much for your very kind email. It isn't me who gets the credit for this. It's you. Because quite frankly, a lot of folks have read my book, but not all of them have amassed $3 million like you. Coming from the background and the humble beginnings that you've had and turning yourself into a multimillionaire and keen focus on that one word, charitable, that really sets you apart, my friend. And I'm really thrilled and privileged to be part of your journey. Thank you so much. And a third and final email that I got this week that I wanted to share with you from Andrew, writing to me from Vienna, Austria. Not Vienna, Virginia. Vienna, Austria. Andrew writes, Rick, I'm teaching a course called Modern Entrepreneurship, and I'm covering personal finance and financial planning as one of the topics. I love that your new show gives greater emphasis on exponential technologies and highlights so many things that I think my students need to hear. Thank you for offering the video casts on your website. I'll be featuring them in class. Have a great year and stay well. And Andrew, you stay well as well in Vienna, Austria. Yeah, this is a worldwide show with an audience around the globe, and it's really exciting to do that. And of course, you can download the podcast anytime at thetruthayf.com. Stay with us for more on The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman. What do all the greatest innovations have in common? Agents of innovation. Ordinary people who shape the future by putting their money behind the right ideas. Invesco QQQ is a fund that allows you access to innovators of the NASDAQ 100. So you don't have to be an inventor to help create what's next to come. Be an agent of innovation with Invesco QQQ. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. There are risks when investing in ETFs, including possible loss of money. ETFs' risks are similar to those of stocks. Investments in the tech sector are subject to greater risk and more volatility than more diversified investments. The NASDAQ 100 Index comprises the 100 largest non-financial companies on the NASDAQ. You can't invest directly into an index. Before investing, carefully read and consider fund investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the prospectus at Invesco.com. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Edelman Financial Engines is a sponsor of this program and podcast. And they also have their own show and podcast that you'll hear right after this show. Their show is called Everyday Wealth and features Soledad O'Brien and Gene Chatsky. Soledad is a Peabody Award-winning journalist, and Gene is a best-selling financial writer. They'll explore the financial decisions you face and how those decisions affect your life. They're joined each week by financial planners from Edelman Financial Engines and other industry experts to share the insights and strategies you need from managing your wealth and generational planning to retirement income, tax-efficient investing, and more. So stay tuned right here each weekend for Everyday Wealth. For more information, visit everydaywealth.com radio. The truth about your future with Rick Edelman and Edelman Financial Engines are not affiliated. Welcome back to The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman. One of the most common questions investors are asking today is about Bitcoin, digital assets, the blockchain, and so on. 
Uh, last month, we had here on the program my good friend, Matt Hogan. He is one of the world's leading experts on digital assets. He's the chief investment officer at Bitwise Asset Management. And I've asked Matt to come back to respond to one particular question that I've gotten repeatedly from a lot of folks. Matt, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back, Rick. Really glad to be here. When Matt was here with us last time, we explained what Bitcoin is, but I guess what we need to do now is take a step backward. What's blockchain? Everyone knows what Venmo is. Everyone loves Venmo. I love Venmo, Rick, because I could pay my babysitter and they get the money instantly. But no one ever stops to ask, why is Venmo so fast at moving money where traditional banks are so slow? It's actually very simple. It's a database issue. Inside Venmo, it controls every account. It controls every transaction. The issue with banks is that it's a thousand databases. If I write you a check from my bank and you deposit it at your bank, your bank has to check with my bank to make sure I have the money. And that process of checking, making sure I didn't overspend my account, that takes time. That's why banks are slow. Blockchain is how do you have one database that's available everywhere in the world that everyone can see, that everyone agrees is true, that updates in real time. And it's really that simple. Blockchain makes sense. You know, it's it, instead of me having my Excel spreadsheet on my computer, there's an Excel spreadsheet up on the internet. And it's an Excel spreadsheet that everybody in the world can see and have access to. And then we can all see the data in each one of those cells. But each of the data is permanent. It's immutable. It can't be copied or deleted. It can't be erased. It can't be manipulated. So I get it. Blockchain makes perfect sense. But why do I need Bitcoin? Why, why can't I just use my dollars on the blockchain? Why do I have to get a Bitcoin? Well, there are a number of reasons for that, Rick. One, in the big case of Bitcoin and decentralized blockchains, you need a way to incentivize the people to maintain that database. One way to think of it is like 100,000 computers all around the world that are operating independently. And how do you get them to all update at the same time? How do you get them all to be secure? And the way that that happens in the Bitcoin blockchain is you pay them in Bitcoin for doing that. And one of the ways that I often talk about it is comparing Bitcoin to a casino. We know that if you want to play blackjack, you can't play dollars. They won't let you. They force you to take your dollars and convert them into casino chips. And you play with the casino chips at the table. When you're done, you convert them back to dollars. And it's the same thing on the blockchain. If you want the advantages of a publicly available decentralized ledger that allows you to move money virtually instantaneously and free, then you've got to convert your dollars to Bitcoin because Bitcoin is the digital means of exchange that we use in the internet environment. So you convert your dollars to Bitcoin to play on the blockchain. And when you're done, you convert your Bitcoin back to dollars. So it's just the medium of exchange that allows the technology to function. That's a great analogy, Rick. That's absolutely right. People often say, wow, I get it. This is now making sense to me. I'm really excited about this blockchain thing. So can I just say the heck with this Bitcoin and go buy blockchain? And if I can, is there some way I can invest in a way that capitalizes on blockchain technology or the companies that are engaging in the space, developing the technology, et cetera. You can do that, Rick. And I actually find that a very interesting investment opportunity. So you can invest in the picks and shovels, right? That's an old meme. In a gold rush, you don't buy gold, you buy Levi's, right? That sells to the gold miners. And there are a class of publicly traded companies that are supporting the infrastructure of the crypto economy. These are 
Bitcoin miners, mining equipment manufacturers that build computers to mine Bitcoin, brokerages that help people buy and sell Bitcoin and Ethereum, asset managers and banks that focus on crypto. These crypto equities are an important and growing part of the broader stock market. And you can buy those. Bitwise created an index and there's an ETF on it called the Bitwise Crypto Innovators. It's the first pure play crypto equities ETF. The ticker for that is BITQ. And that's one way to get exposure if you're more comfortable buying companies than you are buying assets. And I, I think both are valid approaches. You can buy BITW, which is the top 10 digital assets, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the other eight largest digital assets. Or you can buy BITQ, which allows you to invest in the companies, publicly traded stocks that are engaged in the infrastructure. So you can do this either way. It's kind of like saying, well, I can either copycat Henry Ford and build an assembly line to make cars, or I'm going to build a concrete company and make roads, and I'm going to build a toll booth, and I'm going to build a company that sells white paint for those roads. It's your choice. And quite frankly, as a diversified portfolio, Matt, maybe a little bit of both. I always think a little bit of both is the best approach, Rick. That's how I do it in my own portfolio. All right, but let, let's not kid ourselves, though. It sounds wonderful, and I'm a big fan of this uh, asset class, as you know, and I'm a big fan of Bitwise and the funds that you have. I own them personally. I'm an investor in Bitwise. But this is not purely smooth sailing. There are risks. There are fears. Let's talk about some of those realities. Uh, what do you perceive as the biggest risks associated with investing in this new emerging asset class? Well, the biggest risk, Rick, is it's a volatile asset class. And owning a volatile asset class is hard if you're reacting to the market. You know, I talk about behavioral risk. I think the biggest risk is getting too excited when the market is up a lot or owning too much of this asset class or panicking when the market is down a lot. This is a market that's extremely volatile. It's the best performing asset class in the world over the last three years. It also has significant ups and downs, 50% drawdowns over that period. So know yourself as an investor, don't allocate too much to this space. When you say don't own too much, give me a, you know, a number associated with that. For someone who's new, not terribly familiar with this, has never invested in it before, what would you say is too much? Yeah, well, you're a leader in this talking about a 1% allocation. Most of our clients are between 1% and 5%. I think over 5%, you get to the point where people start feeling it in the pit of their stomach if this thing pulls back by 50%, which it will. So I think that 1% to 5% range is a great range for many investors. And it's really important to note that because I think folks who have been listening to you uh, discuss this with me here today would have concluded, wow, this is exciting. This is huge. It's going to get bigger. Matt walked away from his career on Wall Street to focus exclusively on this. He's obviously very bullish. He's also very knowledgeable. He must be invested his whole life savings into this, and he would probably be telling me to do the same. And now they hear you say, eh, one, three, five percent, call it a day. <laughs> yes, but the flip side of that, Rick, is that a little goes a long way. I mean, that's the thing about this market. It's a very early stage market. It's akin to being an early venture capital investor in an exciting new areas of the market. So historically, even a very small 1% allocation has had a very dramatic impact on people's portfolio. I want people to invest for the long haul. 
The advantage of investing in that one to 5% range is that you can stomach the volatility to hold on for the future. And here's a little trick I play with people, Rick. I ask them, are you bullish on Bitcoin over the next six months? And people are all over the place, bullish, bearish, their risks, there's opportunity. Maybe the market's down recently and they're bearish. Maybe it's up recently and they're bullish. But ask people, what do you think crypto will be like in five or 10 years? And almost everyone is bullish. If you can abstract past the short-term volatility and think, are we moving toward a more digital future or a less digital future? Is the ability to move money on the internet going to be more important in the future or less important? It gets very exciting. So I like that one to 5% because it have a big impact, but it removes that behavioral risk. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And that's why I've been, uh, as you mentioned, espousing the 1% allocation strategy, partly because if you're right, as you've noted, uh, with the outsized price performance historically and what many people believe will occur in the future, 1% can have a meaningful impact on your total return. But if it blows up, if it does go south, which we have to acknowledge could certainly happen, well, 1% isn't going to wipe you out financially. It's not going to prevent you from enjoying financial security and retirement. So it gives you that kind of sweet spot between risk and reward, greed and fear. It allows you to get off zero, which is really the point. And so take you know that first baby step, put your toe in the water, begin your journey down that rabbit hole. How many other cliches can I come up with? to begin to get a sense of how this might uh, work out for you. And that's why you should talk with your financial advisor to confirm, does this make sense? Is this right for me, et cetera. But from an educational perspective, I think it is undeniable that digital assets, blockchain technology are here to stay. And I think it's just vital that we pay attention to this so that we are not missing out on this most innovative new technology. I couldn't have said it better, Rick. I think that's absolutely true. So if people want to find you, Matt Hogan, and learn more about the three investment opportunities that Bitwise Investment Management offers, how do they find you? Come on over to bitwiseinvestments.com. We have a wealth of resources there. Or you can follow me on Twitter, Matt underscore Hogan, which is H-O-U-G-A-N. I post occasionally uh, with what I'm thinking about about the market. So those are two good places, Rick. Bitwiseinvestments.com, Matt underscore Hogan at Twitter. Matt, thanks so much for being with us on the show today. Thanks for having me, Rick. That was Matt Hogan of Bitwise Investments. I'm Rick Edelman on The Truth About Your Future. Stay with us. The Truth About Your Future is sponsored by Global X ETFs. Listeners to this show tune in every week to hear Rick Edelman and his guests talk about the personal finance topics that matter most. And if you're retired or soon will be, you are no doubt listening for Rick's thoughts on retirement security and longevity. At Global X ETFs, we understand you may also be interested in opportunities to generate income, with interest rates still near historic lows. Our approach to this challenge looks beyond what you might have considered, using asset classes that include MLPs, REITs, preferreds, and dividend-paying stocks. We have been managing these types of income-oriented strategies for over a decade, with solutions suited to a range of portfolio objectives. Explore our full product lineup, research and insights, and more at GlobalXETFs.com or speak with your financial advisor to learn more. The information you need to plan for the tomorrow you want. This is the truth about your future with Rick Edelman. Want to start investing? One thing is certain, trusted is always better than trendy. 
With the new Schwab Starter Kit, new investors can open an account and get $50 to split across the top five stocks by market cap in the S&P 500. Those are companies they actually recognize, like Amazon, Apple, and Google. There are also videos, guides, and other helpful tools, plus investment professionals 24-7 to answer your questions. To see the current top five stocks and learn more about the Schwab Starter Kit, go to schwab.com slash starter kit. Choice is changing the way Americans save for retirement by making it possible to invest in Bitcoin, crypto, and other alternative assets inside your IRA. That's right. When you open both a deductible and a Roth IRA with your Choice account, you can buy real Bitcoin and or any of 22 other digital assets. In your Choice account, you can also buy stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, gold, real estate, you name it all in a single retirement account. There's no hidden fees or account minimums, and you get more control over your retirement savings. You can also access Choice via your financial advisor. So if you have a professional managing your money, tell your advisor to get set up with Choice so they can help you access Bitcoin and other alternative assets in your retirement account. Head on over to retirewithchoice.com slash rick. That's retirewithchoice.com slash rick. You're listening to The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman. We need to talk about the issue of aging and how it impacts our life and what it means for our life. Dr. Laura Carsonson is director of the Stanford Center on Longevity. She's also professor of psychology and the Fairleigh Dickinson professor in public policy. Laura is also a member of the National Academy of Medicine and has served on the National Advisory Council on Aging. Laura, it's wonderful to have you back on the program. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, when we were growing up, you know, my grandfather retired at 62, thought he'd be dead by 65, you know, and even that was old because when he was born in the late 1800s, he thought his life expectancy would be in his 40s. You know, the notion of people living to their routinely living to their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, that never happened before. Exactly. And we've never seen this en masse ever, you know, in the history of human species we've never seen this and 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 that i think gets missed when we just talk about oh aging societies people are getting older and so on this is a, an incredible new opportunity uh, people are living longer and relatedly they're living healthier longer so we have the opportunity to have a mix of the strengths of young people uh, ambition and speed of learning and physical strength mixed in with people who have a lot of experience and expertise, knowledge, who are emotionally stable and invested in younger people. So this opportunity is something that is very both novel and um, important to recognize and make use of. And we know a lot about what predicts uh, long life and shorter lives. In fact, one concerning statistic is that the zip code of your birth predicts your life expectancy. Wait, 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 wait a minute. You're telling me that where I'm born is going to determine whether or not I'm going to live to age 100? Well, let me just change that word from determine to predict. Yes, it predicts. Determine is another thing. And, and if you were born in a zip code where people don't live very long, the last thing you should do is think that there's nothing you can do about it. 
But it's true that in different parts of the country, people have different life expectancies. And that range expands to 20 years. So we see people in some parts of say rural Appalachia having much shorter life expectancies than people who are living in uh, say Washington DC or upstate New York, uh, California, San Francisco and the cities we tend to see longer life expectancies. So there's a lot of variability and two things. One, in science, variability speaks against inevitability. This means it doesn't have to be the way it is, but it also uh, should concern us because it means that there are factors that we could change and we're not changing them. So let me ask a a couple of questions about this. I'm going to hone in on the zip code thing because this is freaking me out. On the one hand, I'm assuming that the zip codes of low life expectancy predictions are those in lower socioeconomic environments, people with below average incomes uh, because they have less access to health care. They have likely diets that aren't as good. Is that a reasonable assumption on my part? Yes, it is. But it's a little bit more complex even than that. Raz Chetty is an economist at Harvard, and he has shown that if you're poor and you live in Manhattan, your life expectancy is longer than if you're poor and you live in Detroit. Um, Some of that has to do with access to services. So it isn't just the location. It's not just the geography, but it's the world that surrounds you in different parts of the country. So that kind of suggests that if you want to improve your life expectancy, move to what I'll call a quote unquote better zip code. Yes. If you, if you have the means to do that. But this is really rather astonishing when you say that the difference between those born in one given zip code versus another given zip code, that the difference in the predictability of their life expectancy is as much as 20 years. That's rather astonishing. It's astonishing. It's astonishing. It's disconcerting. Uh, it's something that really needs to be studied and we need to go beyond. I think that's what you and I are talking about. What We need to go to beyond zip code and say, what is it about that? We're learning, for example, about exposures to environmental toxins. Uh, your, your risk of developing dementia is predicted by how closely proximal you live to an overpass uh, where you're exposed to automobile exhaust. So there are a lot of factors that vary with zip codes. Uh, And it isn't only income, it's also exposures. But we do tend to see these things travel together. We're living longer, but living longer doesn't always necessarily translate into living well, right? There's a difference between the two. There's a huge difference between the two. And in fact, uh, many people in, in, in our business uh, believe that the, the main objective should be at this point in, in history to increase health span and forget about lifespan. You know, lifespan is going up and, and it isn't that somebody planned for that to happen, actually. Uh, but, but for many people, health span has not caught up. And so to the extent that you're going to live to be 100 but your health is going to be terrible from the time you reach 75 or 80, you know, that's a pretty dismal scenario. What we really need to do with science and technology is to see if we can get the health span closely aligned to lifespan. You know, we went from a typical life expectancy of our 50s or 60s, and then 
over the last couple of decades into our 80s, and now it's being projected over the next couple of decades well into our hundreds. Nobody's really paying much attention to this. So we're still having kids graduate high school at age 18. We're still expecting them to go immediately into college, graduating in their mid-20s. And we haven't adjusted for the fact that there's an extra 20 or 30 years of life. And all we're doing is dumping it onto the end of our life spectrum. And that just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense, does it? It doesn't at all. The way that I think of this is our ancestors just handed us a gift of 30 extra years of life. And we did the least imaginative thing possible with them. We stuck them all on at the end and only old age got longer. But none of the other stages in life changed very much. And this is really the real problem with aging. So when policymakers, families, communities are concerned about aging populations, the concern shouldn't be about living longer so much. It should be about rethinking lives so that these added years of life improve quality, not just in old age, but all the way through. You know, added years can give kids more time to play outside, to play on the play structures. High school could include a couple years of internships and work so that teenagers aren't simply sitting in a classroom all day long with people pouring facts into their heads, but can get out into the world and begin to explore and think what they really like to do uh, when they're in the workforce. Uh, We can work differently. We can work more years, but fewer hours in a day and fewer days in a week so that we would have time for some leisure before we get to those 30 years of retirement. And that's really the new map of life. Instead of school, work, retirement, death, we just extend all of this so that the notion of retirement doesn't exist. We're interspersing it throughout our entire lifelines. Exactly. You know, one fascinating aspect of the work that you're doing, Laura, at the Center on Longevity has to do with the fact that if we want to improve our lives in old age, one of the most effective things we can do is to address our lives in our infancy. Talk about that. Oh, that's exactly right. Uh, as I said earlier, we, we shouldn't ever think there's nothing we can do, you know, regardless of what your zip code of your birth was or something. You can always change your life and improve it. Uh, on the other hand, we know that the first five years of life, the first 10 years of life, put people on a path that's often hard to get off of. And so what we really need to think about is what we need to do very early for those young ones to make sure that they're engaged in learning, uh, that they're on trajectories to be healthy, that they learn how to get along with other people so that their social relationships are good. We really need to invest early in life. And we know that if children are reading well, by the time they're in third grade, they're probably going to do pretty well in school. If they can't read by the time they're in third grade, uh, they're very likely to drop out of school before they graduate from high school. And their odds of going to prison are much, much higher. So thinking about long lives means that we have to think about every stage and how we need to invest at each time period. But certainly we need to start early, get kids off to a good start. And that's the work being done at the Center on Longevity, headed by Dr. Laura Karstensen. Invite you to go to the Center on Longevity at Stanford University, stanford.edu, and read Laura's book, A Long, Bright Future, Happiness, Health, and Financial Security in an Age of Increased Longevity. Laura, it's been a pleasure having you on the program. Thank you, Rick.
Thanks for the work you're doing. Thanks so much. Hey, I'd like to invite you to subscribe to my brand new monthly newsletter, The Truth About Your Future. You'll get information about longevity, retirement security, exponential technologies, blockchain and digital assets, and health and wellness. And I show you the investments I personally own to help you build your own portfolio or talk with your financial advisor. My newsletter debuts in March, just $39 if you subscribe now. Go to thetruthayf.com, thetruthayf.com. Stay with us for more here on The Truth About Your Future. What do all the greatest innovations have in common? Agents of innovation. Ordinary people who shape the future by putting their money behind the right ideas. Invesco QQQ is a fund that allows you access to innovators of the NASDAQ 100. So you don't have to be an inventor to help create what's next to come. Be an agent of innovation with Invesco QQQ. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. There are risks when investing in ETFs, including possible loss of money. ETFs' risks are similar to those of stocks. Investments in the tech sector are subject to greater risk and more volatility than more diversified investments. The NASDAQ 100 Index comprises the 100 largest non-financial companies on the NASDAQ. You can't invest directly into an index. Before investing, carefully read and consider fund investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the prospectus at Invesco.com. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Want to invest in digital assets but find it all a bit complicated? There's actually a very easy way that you can invest in this new asset class. Simply choose the Bitwise 10 Crypto Index Fund, symbol BITW. It's the first and still the biggest crypto index fund. It owns the 10 largest digital assets and rebalances monthly, so you don't have to decide what to buy or when to rebalance. Bitwise does it all for you. At Bitwise, we want digital assets to be available to everyone, and that's why we work closely with individual investors like you, as well as financial advisors and institutions. At Bitwise, crypto is all we do. If you believe digital assets should be part of a diversified portfolio, take a look at the Bitwise Crypto 10 Index Fund, symbol BITW, available everywhere you get your investments. There are major risks to consider, including the loss of your entire investment. Before investing in crypto funds, visit bitwiseinvestments.com to learn about the risks with these investments. The Truth About Your Future is sponsored by Global X ETFs. Listeners to this show tune in every week to hear Rick Edelman and his guests talk about the personal finance topics that matter most. And if you're retired, or soon will be, you're no doubt listening for Rick's thoughts on retirement security and longevity. At Global X ETFs, we understand you may also be interested in opportunities to generate income, with interest rates still near historic lows. Our approach to this challenge looks beyond what you might have considered, using asset classes that include MLPs, REITs, preferreds, and dividend-paying stocks. We have been managing these types of income-oriented strategies for over a decade, with solutions suited to a range of portfolio objectives. Explore our full product lineup, research and insights, and more at GlobalXETFs.com or speak with your financial advisor to learn more.
Welcome back to The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman. You know, we have been talking about blockchain and digital assets as being a really impactful technological innovation. And one of the things you hear about blockchain is that it is unhackable, that one of the reasons that this is so exciting for businesses around the world is that the data on a blockchain is secure, unlike other companies where they have a centralized database where they get hacked all the time. And you keep hearing those news stories of companies that get hacked and, and your personal data gets stolen, you know, your credit card info and your date of birth and your address and so on. Blockchains have never been hacked. The Bitcoin blockchain's never been hacked since it was invented in 2009. How can that be? Well, the answer is simple. A blockchain is a distributed database. In other words, if you go to your bank, well, their computers are in their location and the hackers know where they are. It's sort of like bank robbers going up to a bank branch. I can rob you because I know where you are and you've got all the money. But a blockchain doesn't work that way. Instead of being centralized, it's decentralized, meaning the data that is stored on a blockchain is actually stored on computers scattered all over the world millions of computers. And this is why blockchains are considered unhackable, immutable. Well, there is one risk. There is one way they could be hacked. It's called a 51% attack. A hacker would have to gain control of more than half of all the computers all over the world that are on the blockchain, and they'd have to get a hold of those computers simultaneously. Well, that is pretty improbable. And that's why blockchains are considered unhackable. Safer ways to store and transmit data. Just one of the reasons there's so much excitement about blockchain technology. If you'd like to learn more about blockchain and digital assets, order my new book, The Truth About Crypto, from your favorite bookseller. You're listening to The Truth About Your Future. Every week, I like to bring you the latest and greatest in the field of exponential technologies. Have you heard of facial recognition? The best systems can now identify someone who's turning their head 90 degrees. They can track someone who's wearing not just a face mask, but a ski mask. Even someone who's wearing a hat and glasses. They can identify someone who's age 50 from a photo when they were 17. The International Air Transport Association has launched the Travel Pass Initiative, which they think is going to be tied in to all of this, and it's essentially a vaccine passport. Holds details of your vaccination status and info regarding your flight. The app has a digital ID, so the facial recognition with the Travel Pass serving as a digital passport. They're going to be able to know who you are, even if you don't want them to. Time now for everybody's favorite segment of the program, a visit by my wife, Jean Edelman. Jean, a student of the healing arts, Reiki, traditional Chinese medicine, homeopathy, acupuncture, and of course, macrobiotic and plant-based cooking. Here's Jean. Thank you. Great to be with you. This week, I want to talk about a to-be list. When we go through a transition, a new job, a new house, a new spouse, anything new in our life and different, we're out of our routine. And we humans, we love our routine. Being out of our routine feels so uncomfortable. So here I am one Sunday night 
and now I'm laughing. But I was kind of freaking out on Rick saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. We left Edelman Financial after 36 years, and I was having a moment of feeling quite overwhelmed. So I calmed down, had a good sleep, and came up with an idea of a to-be list. It dawned on me that we're so anchored to doing. Can we switch to a to-be I think this is a good challenge because we identify ourselves with what we do when we really should identify and solidify and work on how to be. And so, for example, to be more patient, to be more organized, to be more joyful, I encourage you to sit with a cup of tea and come up with your own to-be list. This to-be list helps us continue our inner journey. How do we want to be? So let's break this list down just a little bit. To be more patient, well, I think we need to take a lot more deep breaths. And I think we need to step back. And we need to think. And we need to put ourselves in the other person's shoes just for a moment. Then we can respond instead of reacting. The second notion of to be more organized, you know what? Clutter creates tremendous stress because that clutter, that pile, whatever it is, is constantly reminding us that we have to do something. So we need to schedule time to get rid of it, toss it, give it away, or put it away. The third item of to be is to be more joyful. How about being more present and in the moment? That's the key. No lamenting about the past and not having anxiety about what's to come. That's the hardest. We can't live in the middle. We live either this way or this way, and our seesaw is kind of out of balance. And so we just need to take a breath and smile and just take in life where we are. So here's our action item. I encourage you to come up with your own to-be list. It could be one thing. And just that one thing, that could take the rest of our life to figure out. Have fun with it. So my words for the week are to be. The T is for teachable. Life is a series of teachable moments. Shifting from to do to be is very profound. It will impact our lives. It will impact our health. And it will impact those around us. When we get really good at to be... Others may not recognize us, and that could be fun. The O is for objective. What is our objective in life? Is it to share kindness and understanding? Is it to be joyful and have happiness? Or do we like creating drama and pain? We all know those people. (laughs) We get to choose every day when we step out of bed how we are going to make our day. When we're working on our to-be list, I believe the outcome will be positive and help us to be the best version of ourselves. The B is for brave. Our personal work, it is not for the lighthearted. We can choose to be bold, daring, and valiant. Have no fear so we can move forward and have a happy, fulfilling life. And the E is for effort. Life takes effort. We can change and evolve so that we can be the best versions of ourselves. And you know what? When we make a mistake, 
apologize and move on. We all learn from our failures and we learn from our failures so that we can improve and find new mistakes. That's what we always told our staff at the company. Learn from your mistakes and go find new mistakes. And they had a blast with that. (laughs) You know what? There's no instructions to life. There's no instructions to being a good human being. We're winging it every day, every one of us. And it's an illusion to think that someone has it all figured out. Maybe they have it figured out for themselves, but they don't have it figured out for you. We need to figure it out for ourselves. And so to do that, we need a to-be list to change our world and to create happiness. Have a great week. That was Gene Edelman here on The Truth About Your Future. Edelman Financial Engines is a sponsor of this program and podcast, but they also host their own show and podcast that you'll hear right after this show. Their show is called Everyday Wealth and features Soledad O'Brien and Gene Chatsky. The show explores how our financial decisions shape our everyday lives. Soledad is an award-winning journalist and broadcaster, and Gene is a personal finance expert and best-selling author. They're joined each week by financial planners from Edelman Financial Engines and other industry experts to share the insights and strategies you need to manage your wealth. They cover topics like generational planning, retirement income, tax-efficient investing, and more. So stay tuned right here, today and each weekend for Everyday Wealth. For more information, visit everydaywealth.com radio. That's everydaywealth.com radio. The truth about your future with Rick Edelman and Edelman Financial Engines are not affiliated. Do you know anyone who's a new investor? You can help make it easier for them to get started. With the new Schwab Starter Kit, new investors can open an account and get $50 to split across the top five stocks by market cap in the S&P 500. Those are companies they actually recognize, like Amazon, Apple, and Google. There are also videos, guides, and other helpful tools, plus investment professionals 24-7 to answer their questions. To see the current top five stocks and learn more about the Schwab Starter Kit, go to schwab.com slash starter kit. I'm Rick Edelman. Thanks so much for joining me on the program this weekend, The Truth About Your Future. And remember, if you missed the webinar that we urgently put together this week, I wasn't planning to do it, but market volatility kind of suggested there was a lot of info you needed to hear. If you missed that webinar, you have a chance to watch the encore. We recorded it for you, and you can watch it for free. Just go to my website, thetruthayf.com. I'll see you next week. The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman has been brought to you by Bitwise, the world's largest crypto index fund manager. As crypto grows, Bitwise believes everyone should have a simple and familiar way to access it. Bitwise makes crypto clear. Bitwiseinvestments.com. And by Global X ETFs. For more than a decade, Global X ETFs has been dedicated to providing investors with unexplored and intelligent solutions. Learn more at GlobalXETFs.com. And by Invesco QQQ, a fund that allows you to access the innovators of the NASDAQ 100. Invesco.com slash QQQ. Stay tuned for Everyday Wealth with Soledad O'Brien and Gene Chatsky from Edelman Financial Engines. EverydayWealth.com backslash radio. EFE and the truth about your future with Rick Edelman are unaffiliated entities. Get the truth about your future every weekend with Rick Edelman. It's the truth. AYF.com.